Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, anytime. Happy to do it. Uh, for anyone joining us, uh, Jeff Cherry is CEO of Shift Ventures and founder and executive director of the Conscious Venture Labs. Uh, Jeff has spent over 20 years across a variety of roles, CEO, hedge fund manager, designer, entrepreneur, educator, mentor, and consultant. Super excited to, to have him here to share uh, some of his experiences with us. Um, Jeff, if you don't mind just starting, give us a sense of what Shift Ventures is and, and kind of your role on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. Well, first of all, Brian, thanks again for having me. Great, Absolutely. great to talk to you and uh, be a part of this. This is a great uh, service you're providing. So, um, yeah, so Shift Ventures um, was founded in 2013. Um, I got a long, as you said, background, was in the architecture business, had a management consulting company, um, sold that company, started a hedge fund. And everything that we've been doing for the last you know, 15 years has all been around this idea that we believe companies that operate with a stakeholder as opposed to a myopic shareholder mindset are going to be the, the companies that create most value, both societal and financial in the future. So Shift Ventures um, started uh, as, frankly, we didn't know what it was when we first started. We were going to be a consulting company or, you know, we weren't really sure but landed on the idea of starting an accelerator with a connected venture capital fund where we could work with emerging um, uh, entrepreneurs, particularly um, uh, underserved, uh, you know, minority and uh, uh, female founders, founders of color to help them sort of uh, um, build businesses, what we say businesses that matter um, mm -hmm. and focus a lot on um urban resilience, uh, you know, issues, anything. We always say that we're, we're investing in anything that makes company, that makes living in a city easier. So um, Shift Ventures is the venture capital firm. Conscious Venture Lab is the accelerator. And I would say 95 plus of the investments we make are companies that are accepted into our accelerator program. Got it. Super helpful. Um, let's just just from from your perspective, talk a little bit about the the introduction of COVID-19 and the reaction that you're seeing in the LP community in particular. And so, you know, do you think of now as a time to, to be pulling back some of your stakes, to be doubling down on the on the funds that you really like? Give us a sense of what you're seeing there. Yeah, it's a great question and something that, you know, I've been focused on for the last few days and talking to a bunch of people about. Look, I think that um, the, the tendency, obviously, when you look at the stock market, you turn on the television and the market's down a thousand, down a thousand, down a thousand day after day, the tendency is to want to pull back. But I think that there's a lot of reasons why, you know, uh, private investors, uh, LPs for private equity and venture should be looking at this as, a, as an opportunity, but also as a, as a, you know, as a time where we really do need them to step up. First of all, innovation is not going to stop, right? Mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurs are sitting in their basements, you know, in their bedrooms, literally in their garages, looking at what's going on in the world, thinking, how can we, how can we do something about this? How can we help, right? Yeah. So you're going to have ideas that come out of this just because, you know, crisis breeds innovation. But, uh, you know, I think this is also, you have to think about um, if like Nassim Tlaib and the black swan, right? This is something that none of us could have anticipated. And the next thing is going to be something that none of us could have anticipated. And we need to be looking for those ideas as well. So I think there's opportunity to invest in, um, you know, sort of short-term solutions. to how do we move past some of the, you know, some of the resilient issues we're seeing now? 
but also how do we think about the next thing? And I think that there are entrepreneurs that are out there who are still innovating and still thinking about uh, what to do next. So, you know, that uh, coupled with the fact that it, historically private investments perform better out of these sort of sorts of crises, I think it's a time for LPs to lean in and sort of look for, you know, interesting ideas, interesting funds, interesting GPs that they can support. It's really interesting. Um, let's 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 flip that on its head and now and now sit in the shoes of someone that might be an emerging manager. So I'm I'm raising my first fund. Uh, it feels as if the market has completely dried up for me. What would your advice be to someone uh, that was trying to you know may have three million closed on a twenty million dollar fund and is and is kind of uh, being introduced to this new environment where it may be a little tougher to get capital for the first time? Yeah, welcome to my world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you look over my shoulder and my <laughs> um, yeah look I, i'm i'm not really sure the only advice i have right now is to sort of um is exactly what we're doing we're looking at uh you know across the environment um looking um for the lps that we know that are that are relatively liquid right people that we know already trying to you know we've been having conversations and some of those conversations are obviously stalled and we want to pick them up but it's going to be a tough environment you know we're we're recognizing that ourselves i had a a call with one of our you know current lps this morning um a, a, a huge family office here from baltimore and you know his take was hey we're not we're we're so we got we got cash and we're going to continue to do what we do unless x y and z happens and I think in the upper end of the, you know, the the LP community, that's probably the where where things are. But in sort of the mid, you know, the sort of mid market family offices, if you will, and mm -hmm. high net worth, those people have really taken a a, a big hit, you know, in yeah. the market. I, I talked to a friend of mine yesterday who's you know stuck at home with his wife, and he's like, and I've lost a million dollars, you know, millions of dollars in the market, and yeah. the kids will think yeah. there's a money tree out back. Right. You know, those high net worth guys are going to have a tough time over the next 12 to 24 months, just even just psychologically. Right. So yeah. I think that one of the things I would say is that if you can get to those upper end, um, you know, the, the guys like us, like me, who are like in that position, you said three million trying on 20 million raise. We're probably not in the institutional realm just yet, but you have to go to the upper end uh, of, of the high net worth and family office, probably quicker than you had anticipated you wanted to in the beginning. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah, no, it's really interesting. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about just deployment of capital. And so for the people that are still trying to write checks today, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're seeing investors think about or, or really start to care about um, that you might not have seen in a, in a, in a you know, COVID-19 less world? Well, obviously, you know, um, uh, uh, healthcare and anything associated with healthcare and you know protective devices and even manufacturing in the states—that's an interesting thing right now, right? That we're finding ourselves at the mercy of you know of the global uh, you know supply chain. Supply chain. Uh, wouldn't yeah, it be yeah. nice if we had some of that more of that capability um, in house, so to speak? So I think that's something that's getting a, a, a different look than, than we would have had two weeks ago, right? I mean, 
we're always talking about, can we bring manufacturing back to Baltimore? And people are like, you're insane. It's too expensive. You know, um, you know all those issues that, that you and I both know about. But now there's a different, I think there might be a different take on that. So that's, um, that's one that's really interesting to me, um, you know, sort of um, uh, domestic manufacturing, right? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, let's just talk, <clears throat> spend, spend a little bit of time on, you know, for, for a fund manager that now is spending a lot more of his time uh, monitoring and managing the existing portfolio. Yeah, how, how do you think about sourcing in a time like this? How do you, how do you, how do you focus on still making sure that you're out there, you know, flipping rocks over and trying to meet founders given the changing Yeah, it's tough. It's tough right now, right? Because you can't do, um, you know, it's hard to do face-to-face. -face. So um, it, it's a little bit more difficult for us. You know, our model is a call for applications. Um, and amazingly enough, we just closed our call two weeks ago and we got the most applicants that we've had um, in the last five years. Now, some of that's because we're getting better and getting more well-known. Some of it is because it closed, you know, sort of prior to the real crap hitting the fan. Um, so you have to take all that with a grain of salt. But I think it is really just about, um, I think a lot of it's about being engaged. Um, and if you've got a point of view about what's going on, getting that out there in whatever form you can. So whether it be LinkedIn posts or Medium, just sort of uh, providing um, providing content, providing value, right? Um, mm -hmm. And not, I, I had a call with uh, Olin Douglas, who runs Motley Fool Ventures, is a good friend of mine. And we had a call for just prior to you and I jumping on the phone. And you know, we're doing a call, a, a webinar um, probably next week with a bunch of portfolio companies. And the, and the purpose is not to get information from them, but to give them our, our take on what's happening. Because yeah. what we're hearing from portfolio companies is we got investors coming to us saying, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? What are you doing about the other thing? Instead of saying, here's how we think we can help you. So I think your question, yeah. if you can get out there and start delivering value in anywhere that you can do it, um, you, you'll, you'll, you, I think you'll be rewarded for that in the long run. Yeah, that's great. And Hopefully, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this before before jumping on the podcast, but, uh, you know, I, I hope some people find these these podcasts helpful, whether they're builders at home or, or investors trying to learn more about how some some top investors like you are thinking at a time like this. So certainly hope 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 the same thing as well. Um, let's put on let's put on your consultant hat for a minute, if you don't mind. You know, if you if you were to step in and spend time with founders right now, you know, what are some of the pieces of advice that you'd be giving them on, you know, one, managing investors, but two, managing their teams? Yeah, I think that um, one of the pieces of advice we always give our founders, particularly in times like this, is that um, the, you get overwhelmed because there's so many things on your on your mind and on your plate, right? So we, we try to get them focused on what's the next thing that you must do, right? One next thing that you must do in order to move forward in this in, in this environment you find yourself in, whatever that might be. That might be, I need to send an email to Brian and talk to him about X, Y, and Z. Then do that one thing and then get that off your plate and do the next thing. Because what happens is we look at everything and we're like, oh my God, where do I start, right? So I think that's one sort of overarching piece of advice. I think the other thing is, look, we're gonna have to make some tough decisions likely here, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit about beforehand about whether it be um, how do you raise your next round, if that's your issue, 
Um, and I think that is closely tied to how do you conserve cash right now? Um, uh, it, because the, the, the market, uh, you know, the economy is going to be different if it, for no other reason yeah. that what the government is saying, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And rightfully so, but it's going to change the economy. So along with raising capital, you have to look at your cash position. How long can you, you know, what can you cut back on? Right. Um, and I think it's important to be authentic and transparent with your team. Right. Don't yeah. give them the impression that either everything's great or everything's crappy. Just tell it like it is and say, you know, we're all in this together. Right. Um, I think that they're yeah. looking, you know, people are looking for leadership, real leadership right now within organizations. So authenticity and transparency are go a long way. That's super helpful. And we actually had uh, Jameson Hill on her about a week ago from Bing Capital yep. Ventures. And he talked a lot about the role of, uh, you know, empathy and transparency at the founder level right now, you know, be, being, being, you know, honest about the fact that we're probably going to get some things wrong in the coming weeks, but that, you know, allowing employees to feel along the ride and that they're there with you is, is super important at a time like this. So I, I definitely think he echoes a lot of the sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, let's spend a little bit of time just on, um, you know, the role of culture. So if, if you think about the employee base itself, you know, are, are you hoping that they're building the, the happy hours and the yogas and things at home on their own? Or, or are you trying to be, you know, involved and, and active in a way that maybe, you know, a CEO is not as available um, traditionally, but but is during a time like this? How, how much of your culture should be shifting for, for these types of things versus trying to uh, maintain some sort right, of status quo? That's such flow? a great question. Uh, and it, it goes back to, sort of what, you know, how do you think about culture, right? So when we, we are, we spend a lot of time on culture with our companies, with our portfolio companies, companies in the lab, um, we bring in experts on this. Susan Salgado, who used to work for Danny Meyer in New York, used to run Hospitality Quotient, um, one of the brightest people we know on the culture issue. And culture for us is all about what behaviors we're going to accept, what behaviors we want more of what behaviors we want less of, and then how do we treat each other? So we think that you know this is a time to sort of double down. If you if you built a um, what we call a culture of caring, this is a time to double down on that, right? It's a time to reach out to people to let them know. Look, I'm just calling to say hey and see how you're doing. There's nothing on my agenda. Look to stay connected mm -hmm. to people, mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants to do a good job. And I think, you know, I see even for us in our portfolio companies, we're dispersed. You know, we're working from different locations. We get on a call once a week, um, you know, at, at a minimum. And we've got plans about what we want to do next. But that personal connection, right, that, you know, the, 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 the whole thing about culture for us is if you build these cultures of caring, in other words, you show people you care about them, and in the tough times, they'll, they'll care about you and they'll care about the organization. So it's anything that you can do to, to maintain that notion that, you know, we're, this is not just about a job. It's not just about a paycheck. We're here because we care about each other. So, so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more for you, Jeff. I really appreciate you being here. This, this has been a super interesting conversation. Um, let, let's, let's put your, your, uh, your forward thinking hat on for a second, you know, looking six, 12 months down the road, any silver linings, maybe a little bit of optimism around potentially things that come out of this that, that may not have uh, 
may not have been around if COVID-19 didn't sort of rush them to, to fruition. I'd, I'd love to just get any of your perspectives on whether it's tech, whether it's culture, you know, some of the, some of the good things that may yeah. come out of this in the long run. I think run. that, look, I think that there's a, there's a bunch of them uh, probably, and I don't know if I know them all or I've thought about them all, but I think that um, it's forcing all of us to be um, more innovative, right? To think about different ways to, to get things done. I mean, it, it, from what I know, I mean, this, even this this podcast, Brian, has come in a lot, you know, or certainly has grown because of this, I would, I would imagine, right? Absolutely. So it's forcing all Absolutely. of us to think about how do we create the impact that we, we want to create in the world and not simply the way that I always thought it was going to be. So I think it's going to drive mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of different innovations that we, we haven't even, you know, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on yet. I think that from a practical standpoint, um, you know, I was, um, I was uh, listening to a podcast yesterday um, from uh, Atlanta Valor Ventures, and um, there was a, a comment on it about how there's been a lot of vanity entrepreneurs, startups, um, and that aren't really capital efficient, um, which causes a lot of noise in the system. And, you know, unfortunately for them, but fortunately, I think for us overall, some of those will go away. Um, which will give us more, all more time to be more, um, uh, you know, sort of be more diligent and be more um, present with the really great ideas. So I think that that's going to be uh, uh, an, an outcome of this. So I think that there's probably a bunch of silver linings that are going to come of this. A lot of us we have to wait and see. I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope you're right. <laughs> um, Jeff, Jeff Cherry, CEO of Shift Ventures. Thank you so much for being here, man. This, this was a really uh, interesting conversation. Brian, great work you're doing, you doing. and uh, I'll do it anytime. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care, Jeff.